Welcome to the Samovar Network podcast. Uh, today you have me, Diz Dawood Waziri. I am a coordinator for the Samovar Network. I'm based out of Orange County. Um, and I have two guests with me. We're going to be talking about AAC 2019. The first guest I have is Sultana Mangal. So Sultana was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. She works at a, mo- a marketing agency and holds an MBA from Webster University. When she's not working out, you could find her cross-stitching bookmarks, longboarding, or writing about her experiences about being Afghan-American on her platform, Chai Coma. She hopes to one day be inner circle level at time, which I think we all do. And then I have Alexandra <laughs> Militamal. Alexandra, am I pronouncing that last name right? It's Militamal. Okay, sorry. I totally try to like, yeah. like Afghanize it. Militamal. Um, But Alexandra is a New York City-based programmer with a passion for work that has real-world impact. uh, How do you pronounce that? Nusella? I'm sorry for giving you all these words. Nusella. She uh, writes software that helps students uh, read and teachers teach. Alex came to coding from a background in religious studies and journalism. And as a result, when she's not programming, she spends a lot of time thinking about secular space slash discourse, ethics, and communicating othered experiences and if she'll ever write a novel. Um, if you do ever write a novel, please let me know so like I can read it. Because I need, <laughs> I need more books to read. I've been slacking on my reading. Um, so today we're gonna talk about the Afghan American Conference. For those of you who don't know what the Afghan American Conference is, it started back in 2015 at the University of California in Berkeley. Um, it's basically a, an annual event where a group of Afghans from all over the country and sometimes all over the world, as we had this year, we had people from like Australia and Denmark there, which is weird that we're still calling it the Afghan American Conference when it's become international. Um, But it's about 400 people or so that get together and they work on networking, social issues, learning how to dance. Uh, It's There's a space there for everybody in the community. Um, With that being said, it was both of your guys' first time going this year, huh? Yeah, Yeah, it was. Okay. So I need to know, how did you guys hear about AAC? Uh, Alex, do you want to answer that first? Sure. Um, I actually heard about AAC like way back when it first started in 2015. At the time, I was helping out with this like Iranian-centric blog online called Ajan. And one of the editors who I was working really closely with knew the folks who helped start the AAC. And she was kind of telling me, like, okay, this might actually be a really good community for you. Like, it seems like you've been trying to, like, find community via proxy of, like, Iranian communities. And there's actually this space that's um, kind of addressing some of the things I think you might need. And so um, I saw the conference happening from a distance for a really long time, but it wasn't until this year that I first applied. Okay, that's dope. So you heard about it in 2015? Yeah, I was like, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm interested in, but um, I'm not totally sure if it's for me. And I know that we'll get into that a little bit more in the podcast, but um, it took me a while to apply and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, no. uh, So I had friends who were working with it or working on like the conference in 2015 and they just like 
were like, hey, you have to apply. And I'm like, why? They're like, because we're working on it. So we need you to join. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'll do it. I'll help out the friends. So that's cool. And then Sultana, how'd you hear about it? So I think the very first time I heard about it was like in 2017. I think I was like looking on Instagram and one of my friends had attended the conference and I was like, oh, this looks really cool. So I started like looking at her photos and I got on the Instagram page for AEC. I started reading about it. And then last year I was like, okay, I was like, I have to apply in 2019. And then when they got closer to the actual conference, I was reading about it um, online. I was like, okay, just do it. I have to go. Okay. So you saw one of your friends. Is that what prompted you to, to go this year? Is like seeing that she went and then, or he went, I don't know. Was it a guy or a girl that went? I'm like assuming. It was a girl. Yeah. She, <laughs> no, no. We were actually roommates uh, in Turkey a few summers oh, ago. Um, and so I, you know, I knew her from there. Um, and I knew she was involved with like the Afghan community. Um, so I was like, yeah, I definitely wanted to check it out after I saw her attend and she just seemed to have a really good experience with oh, it. Oh, nice. And then, uh, Alex, what about for you? Well, like what prompted you to come this year? Cause you heard about it in 2015, but waited up until like the fifth time yeah. that we did it to apply. Yeah. So I, I really affectionately call myself Hasgan. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't know for sure, even though it was a conference that, um, had sessions on uh, even like specifically a Afghan identity. Um, and there were definitely sessions that spoke to other identities that I hold that sometimes make me feel like I'm not Afghan enough. Um, I still was nervous, right, of thinking about like, is this a space for me? Am I taking up too much space by entering into it? Um, what will my family think uh, was like a huge, a huge part of it for me. Um, so it, it just took me a while, but, um, this is my second year living in New York. I've only been out here for about two years and it's been so great meeting other Afghans here, my age, um, being part of, I guess, like Muslim communities that have more intersections than I found back in Nebraska, which is where I grew up. Um, so I think just Forming those kinds of friendships really helped me have the courage to apply this year. Dang, you're both from the Midwest. Wait, is St. Louis considered Midwest? Midwest? Yes. Yeah. We're like in the middle of America. <laughs> I'm so bad with geography. I know California, New York, and like DC, and that's it. But yeah. So at the conference, everyone from like the West Coast and East Coast are like, "Oh yeah, Missouri," and I, and I always had to explain like where it was. I'm like literally like if you just point in the middle of the map, it, it's pretty much like right there. Yeah, it's right next to Kansas. I know that, but that, that's yes. because I met Afghans <laughs> from Kansas who told me like why Kansas City is in both Missouri and Kansas because that confused me. Yes. <laughs> It's a huge thing. There's Kansas City, Kansas, and there's Kansas City, Missouri. Now, where did the Chiefs play? In Missouri or Kansas? I think that's Kansas. Okay, all right. That didn't sound definitive, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Alex, you kind of brought this up. You said you had some like worries about like what your family was gonna think. So, what other thoughts uh, did you have before going into AC, like just about the conference in general? I think I was I was worried about making authentic relationships. I think a big concern that I had heard from other people too is that, you know, the conference has been going for so many years now that there's kind of like an inner circle of people who know how the conference works and who already know each other. And sometimes that can feel kind of alienating. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really worried 
even after attending like an info event, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to come out of the conference with the friendships that everyone else is talking about. Um, and so, yeah, that I don't know. That was a big concern for me um, going into it. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, like being some for me, it's a little easier because I've been to all five of them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like so, like I've I've already made friends at past conferences, so it's a little easier. But I have been told for for some people going in, it's a little intimidating because it's like I don't really know anybody, or I don't know that many people. So like, who am I gonna meet? Who am I gonna talk to? Like, three days with like four hundred Afghans sounds scary as hell. Like, even for me, as someone who's gone five years in a row, I still get nervous every single time I go. Uh, yeah. You and never it, know it what totally, you're going to It totally is not, like, a conference I've ever been to before either, right? Like, mm-hmm. I usually go to professional conferences, and sometimes those have a little bit of a social justice bend or a little bit of a focus on, on identity. But this is a conference that's pretty much primarily around identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so also coming into that space and that context with a whole bunch of strangers is a lot. Yeah. It's a, it could be nerve wracking. Um, so what about you, Sathana, for you, uh, you had friends that went, so what were your, like, did you ask them about the conference before you came in or? No, I just, I went in kind of blind. I was like, whatever, I'll just go in. I, I wasn't really nervous. Um, I was, I was actually really excited. So in St. Louis, there really isn't a big population of Afghans. You know, if I had a guess, I would say that there are fewer than a thousand Afghans. So when I run into Afghans, like I get excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, like someone from Afghanistan, someone who speaks the same language. So I'm, I'm always really excited about that. And so I wasn't really nervous to go in. I wanted to go in and I, I was going to be, you know, I'm usually fine just like walking up to people and be like, oh, hi, my name's Sultana. Nice to meet you. Um, no hesitation with that. But I think for me, it was more Anytime I have been around Afghans, I've, I've kind of had like this emotional wall up and I've kind of been afraid to be, you know, 100% myself. And, and maybe that's just because I was kind of raised with like, you know, don't, you know, don't 100% trust Afghans. Like, just be careful if you do run into them. Uh, so that was more of my hesitation. Yeah, that, that's funny you say that because that's something I think a lot of us have heard growing up. Like, you know, like, go do your thing. But like, if you see other Afghans, just be wary because... I guess like the fear is that it's going to come back to the community, like, like whatever you're doing, like other people in the community will hear, will hear about it. And then like, you know, like Namit Badmisha, like, so you'll get like a bad name in the community. It's weird. It translates yeah. to literally what it sounds like, but um, yeah. So I've, I've heard that in the past from a lot of Afghans, including like, I've, I've seen it from my family too. So it's strange how we all have that same, like that fear of other Afghans, but like, we still like being around them for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just like pulled towards each other. You know, it's like, we want to have those connections still. Yeah. Cause it's like, there isn't too many of us that like shit. Like when I hang out with my, my other friends that aren't Afghan, they don't understand some of the things that like we do culturally. Right. Or like, uh, I remember like I saw my grandma somewhere in public and like, I was with like my non-Afghan friends and I kissed her hands and like, they asked me if it was like a mafia thing, like if like my, my grandma was like a mob <laughs> boss, right? Because they weren't used to like like the hand kissing, right? Like, but like with my Afghan friends, they totally understood it. Like I'll kiss their grandparents' hands at times when I see them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they definitely don't get the like the whole family dynamic. I'm like, oh, sorry, like I can't do this. I have to go do something with my family. There's a lot of family time involved. Mm-hmm. That's something that's definitely not understood. 
Yeah, um, I did. I have or I have noticed it with like Italian families and like Hispanic families. They understand the family time. Like they get us when we say like, oh, no, oh we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna be with our six hundred cousins. They're like, oh yeah, we have six hundred <laughs> cousins too. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that too. Um, okay, so what was it like being with so many Afghans? Right, because both of you guys kind of grew up in like the Midwest and. I don't think you, like you guys said, there wasn't a lot of Afghans where you guys grew up. So what was it like being in a room with so many of them? I mean, for, yeah, for me, it was kind of a shock. Like I will say the banquet, that was my first time going to like any kind of formal Afghan event. So it was really, it was like really a lot of exposure for me, which was really great. And it was exciting that I think it was good that that happened on the second day because I had already had a chance to meet some people and like really share commonalities with other people. So then being hurled into like the huge aton, you know, was a little bit easier um, that way. But it also was nice because I there were other people there, especially other Afghans who had a similar experience to me. So even though I was definitely in the minority, it was it was nice that other people were like, oh no, I'm still learning this too. Oh, yeah. How how were your Atan skills? Did were you out of circle? Horrible, like, like horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was Don't like worry. filming on my phone <laughs> and not actually participating. But one day, one day I'll get there. Yo, it's like I can't do the Atan for whatever reason. I could dance well to Afghan music, like at, at every wedding, like my aunts will pull me up and make me dance. And, you know, I have to do the whole, like, nee, 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 like I can't, I can't, I can't. But, like, secretly, like, you want to pull you up. So, like, I do that. And, like, I could dance well to Afghan music, but at the time, I, like, when they're doing that at the end of the night, I leave after, like, three or four, like, rotations. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't have the rhythm for that, I guess. So, we'll be in the outer circle together. I got you. And then, Sultana, for you, what was what was your uh, experience like being with so many Afghans at this conference? So I would describe it as it it was it was like effortless. Like I finally felt like I was understood. You know, for this single weekend, I didn't have to introduce myself as like Sultana Mangal, but I was Sultana Mangal, which is how I you know my name should be pronounced. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to change that. I didn't have to like think about, you know, the cultural differences of being Afghan or American or whatever. Like I could just be myself. Um, and we all just had such similar experiences. Like we could laugh at just the same things, you know, or, or like our parents, for example, like telling us at nighttime not to like clip our nails. Like <laughs> that was something I remember specifically like laughing about or like bonding over like the different types of music that we listened to, like Ahmad Zayed or talking about like Mantu and Oshak and all of that. I just felt a connection with people I had only just met. Gotcha. Yeah, the the worst superstition I heard was don't walk in front of someone as they're praying or else uh, you'll turn into a monkey. So, um, <laughs> I haven't I mean, heard that one. Yeah, it was something my grandma and my mom would tell me when I was a kid. And like, I thought it'd be super cool to turn into a monkey. So I would walk across like when they were praying. And I think <laughs> that's why like, like, that's why I'm as hairy as I am now because I walked in front of them. Right? So I think there's some... There is some truth to that, to that superstition. And, you know, <laughs> I am like the, uh, I can bear witness to it. Um, so I want to go a little deeper here. What were you guys' biggest challenges during the conference? Challenge. And whoever wants to go first. So I would say one thing for me is, I mean, I would describe myself 
as like a, a pretty introverted person, like I usually need like just big chunks of time to myself to kind of like recharge after being in like such a social setting. So that was a little bit hard. Um, I think because it was just like the conference, was, there was, it was just like nonstop, you know, it was like session after session and it was a lot and it was very emotional. I would say like, I, if I, if I had to describe it, I would say it was like a roller coaster of emotions, you know, you laugh a lot and you cry a lot and there are highs and there are lows. It was just like a very intense, like three days. Okay. And Alex, for you, what was uh, the biggest challenge for you? Yeah. So, I mean, as I said, like my experience with Afghan communities has like been really limited and it's mostly mm -hmm. been through my own nuclear family. So I had a lot of, I, I kind of anticipated that I'd have a lot of feelings come up around that. And a lot of my fears about like what my family would think um, were rooted in that as well. And of course, like, as I had anticipated, those things totally came up for me during the conference. These feelings of like, I guess like fear and frustration that I was getting the op like it was it was exciting to get to define Afghanness for myself at this conference, but there was mm -hmm. also a lot of a lot of bad feelings that came out of that and like frustration of the fact that I had to do that and frustration that my experience being Afghan is so different from other people's experience, even though I was able to find, um, you know, some commonalities at the conference, which was really great. And that was, that was really hard and overwhelming. Um, I actually, I was so impressed that the conference had mental health services available at the conference. Mm -hmm. And I actually reached out um, like the first night and then was able to be put in touch with um, a licensed health professional uh, the second day to just kind of like talk through some of that um, and at least have have like a, a space that was dedicated to talk about it was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think like that's one of the, the better things that they did this year. They started last year with the care team, um, but this year putting it on the app and just being able to like click that button, I think was super helpful for a lot of people. So um, you know, like I'm, I'm glad that it was there for you when you needed it. So that's dope to hear. Um, so shout out to whoever came up with that idea. Yeah, it was um, really great. And I, I also like really appreciated that there were people of different genders on the care team too. And like different ages. I think that that was mm -hmm. really great as well. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's tough to like speak to people, but like, if you feel like a connection with someone and like, so having different different ages, different genders there on the care team, like I, I think that's a it was a really good decision on their their part to do that. Um, but was there a, was there like a moment that like stood out to you the most during the conference? And I'm gonna ask you first, Alex, on this one. Yeah, actually, the the person on the care team who I worked with, we were talking about the stuff that was coming up for me, and he was like, "You mm -hmm. should come to my session this afternoon." Um, is Faisal John and his session was on um, maintaining healthy relationships and when mm -hmm. I had read it on on the app it just like it didn't register with me I didn't think I was going to attend um, but on his recommendation I did and it ended up being really 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 powerful um, the the session was not so it was a little bit about like maintaining healthy relationships but it was really more about the fact that you can't maintain healthy relationships with other people until you address 
hurt that you have with yourself. Um, and Faisal like led us through um, some exercises together as a group. And it was just really, really powerful to be in a room of other Afghans using language around mental health and talking about mental health, which I'm not used to doing um, with other mm -hmm. Afghans. And then also just having a group work together and like having this like really strong emotional moment all together was really powerful. And I never, I never thought that that's something I could have. Um, that's, that's amazing. And Faisal's such a good guy. He, uh, he's maybe one of two people who's like facial hair that I, en I envied at the <laughs> conference this year. Yeah. It was like, there's not too many people that have better beards than me at this conference. But Faisal, <laughs> you're arguably one of those people. Um, Sultana, was there a moment that stood out for you? Yeah, um, so I think it was the Saturday seed section uh, session. Uh, it was a talk by Dr. Ali Aziz Sultan. Um, so he was telling us his personal story, um, you know, about his family coming over to the U.S. Um, and it just hit, it just hit home for me. You know, like he talked mm -hmm. about how his parents um, had moved here, and, and it was just so similar to my own parents' stories. You know, like I mean, all of our, all of our parents, you know, um, they were doctors and lawyers. And, business owners in Afghanistan and they came to the U.S. and they're scrubbing floors or they're driving taxis and I just like I broke down I mean I was I was just crying during uh his talk because it was just like this realization that we all have such similar experiences and that we're not alone in that and it was such a good feeling to like hear that from him too because he was a little bit older um and I just mm -hmm. like felt like this support from everyone in this room just because we all had that similar um story yeah, so funny story about uh, Dr. Ali Sultan. Um, he uh, he gave a seed talk at UCLA the second year of AAC. And like when he was posting pictures of his dad, I'm like, that guy looks really familiar, right? Like Ali didn't look familiar to me, but his dad did. Mm -hmm. And then um, afterwards, like uh, somebody I grew up with, his name is uh, Sultan. He pulled me aside and he's like, he's like, hey, this is Ali. He's actually your mom's like first cousin. I was like, what? what? No way. Yeah, so I had no idea that, like, I was related to Ali Sultan until, like, UCLA after he gave his seed talk. And I'm sitting there, like, I, I, I was doing the same thing. Like, I was crying, like, yeah. like listening to his seed talk. And, like, and I'm, like, I'm looking at the photos. I'm, like, dude, your dad used to be at my house all the time. He's, like, yeah, you know, your grandpa and my dad were, like, super, super close. They were, they were over at least once a week. Either your grandpa would be at my house or, like, you know, like, my dad would be at your guys' house. So it just like tricked me out that I actually met like family members at the conference yeah. that I'm closely related to, but like haven't really actually met before prior to the conference. Yeah. What a small world. I know. Right. Um, so Alex, I'm assuming Faisal session on healthy relationships was your favorite session at the conference. I mean, it was definitely a powerful one, but there's another one that really stood out to me. Um, there was a afternoon session on outlets for creative expression and it mm -hmm. was a really small group. It was put on by um, this group called the Afghan American Artists and Writers Association. I think I got all the words. Mm -hmm. um, and it ended up being a really small group, but we ended up having this really personal but also academic discussion about what it means to be a creative and what our responsibilities are or are not as Afghan American creatives. 
um, and like the unique kind of pressures that we face in thinking about about how we want to express our experiences. Um, it was really great. I, I told the organizers, I was like, this is the kind of conversation I wish that I had like seven years ago when I was in undergrad um, and thinking about like my identity through some of my academic and, and creative work. Um, and so it, it stinks that I'm like finding it late in, later in life, but I'm so glad I found it. Um, I actually just picked up some books this afternoon that were recommended during that session. And I'm like so excited to read work from other Afghan uh, writers. So, yeah. Oh you want to give us the name of some of those books? Like I told you, I've been slapping yeah, on like my The book one that I just started is called, I believe it's called um, One Story, 30 Stories. And it's an anthology okay. that's put together by, I believe, um, some of the women involved in uh, like editing and curating the anthology are part of that collective. Um, that hosted the session. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to see kind of like a variety of different writing styles. Um, there's poetry and essays and fiction. So uh, yeah, I'm really eager to get into it. Nice. I'm going I'm to put that on like my Amazon wish list and pick that up next. Um, so Tana, what was your favorite session? So I think this is like so hard, but I would say it's probably, it was probably between the hyphen, um, the session that was led by Medina Wabek. Um, So it was this, this discussion about the different identities that we hold. Um, and for mm-hmm. me, it was a reminder to just check my privileges of being Afghan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim. I speak Farsi, a little bit of Pashto. My Pashto should be better, but like I speak that language and you know, she just kind of reminded us that like, not all Afghans are Muslim, like there are Christian Afghans, there are Jewish Afghans, there are atheists, agnostics, etc. And not all Afghans speak Farsi or Pashto. Like I, I realized like during the conference, that, you know, I would drop a word in Farsi, and then not translate it with, you know, just assuming that everyone there would understand. And I went to that session. And I was like, Oh, man, like, that's true. Like, not not everyone is going to speak Farsi. So I'm trying to like get in the habit of like, actually translating as I am among like different Afghans um but overall it was just a good reminder of how like diverse we we truly are nice yeah um that was one of my favorite sessions because they did it uh year two at UCLA and then year three at DC but we didn't have it last year in New York so I was really happy to see that that came back I didn't have a chance to go to it unfortunately because being a conference ambassador I had to like be in charge of our there room. There were also so, um, so many I good was... sessions during that, yeah. that thought. Yeah, it was so hard. Time. I heard great things yeah. about the between the hyphen one though. Yeah, it was it was packed. Yeah. People were like sitting on the floor, people were standing in the back. Yeah, it was it was during like the the brave space sessions. So like that it's when you have like the brave spaces, it's it's really hard to pick like which one you want to go to. Um but like yeah, had I had I not been assigned, I was actually happy with the room that I was assigned with. Um, but had I not been assigned to a room, I probably would have gone to that one. Um, I did hear really great things about women in the workplace. I heard that was oh, a I hosted session. that one. And I had a great facilitator. <laughs> yeah. <Thanks. laughs> yeah, quick, quick, uh, quick, cheap plug. <laughs> yeah, <for you. laughs> wait, maybe I should have said my yeah. own session was my favorite, but that would have been a lie. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, no, you could have said um, you could have said healthy masculinity and 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 hyped up my session too, but it's all good, you know. I heard great things about yours. <laughs> no, um, there, there's just so many like different sessions there, so it's like it's hard to pick like your favorite. So 
I feel bad for kind of putting you guys on the spot, but I'm glad you guys had like a few that stood out to you. And, um, you know, so that, that's really good to hear. Um, so was there something that you guys learned like at the conference, like something you learned about yourself or about your community um, that you didn't know prior to going to the conference? So, and whoever wants to yeah, I can go ahead. I'll start. Um, I think for me, it was just a realization that I can, I can always do more. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from all of it was that I have this community that I can turn to and I can find support in. And like, I thought that just because I was in like, St. Louis, far away from everyone else that I, I wouldn't be able to connect in that same way. But I just learned that like, I am able to contribute, contribute, whether it's to a conversation, um, or whether it's, you know, whatever it is online, or, you know, this, this podcast, we're just, just talking about this. Um, there are ways for me to be involved, even though I am kind of like isolated here in the Midwest. Okay. And then uh, Alex, for you, is there anything that yeah. you learned or learned about yourself or maybe your community? Yeah. Um, I hope I can, I hope I can like say it in a concise way. I think for me, I always kind of assumed that I was going to need to fully discover myself and fully define myself before I'd be able to give back to my community in any way. And I think, I think that the conference did a great job of kind of hitting both of those pieces and coming out of it. I think that it's possible to do both at the same time. It's possible to like examine my relationship with my Afghan identity. It's possible to learn culture and history and at the same time also put myself back into the community. And actually it's probably really important that those things happen at the same time. I think that that's how we, how we grow and redefine. And I think, um, someone at one of the sessions said something really powerful about how witnessing the conversation at the conference was like our heritage being reborn. And I just really love mm -hmm. that juxtaposition about how it's both it's, it's honoring heritage and also recreating it in a new context and understanding it in a new way. Um, so I, I'm definitely super energized coming out of the conference, realizing that it's, it's okay to do both simultaneously. That's dope. You gave oh. me goosebumps with that, uh, you know, like, yeah, our hair. Uh, that's not reform. me. Like, that was some, that, that, that really was some wiser person, yeah, but like, but, but, oh, that, that yeah. messed me up. Like I was crying when I heard that because it was so powerful. Yeah. See, like I missed it. I probably wasn't at the session that it was said, but now that like you relayed the message, like you are responsible for the goosebumps that that person gave I'm to me. I'm glad to, I'm, right, so, I'm proxy, happy right? to pass them on. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're getting towards the end of the like the interview section here, but um, after going to the conference, is there something that you wish you could have done differently or like a session that you wish you could have gone to that you didn't go to? Um, and I'm going to ask you first. Alex, yeah, I mean, so. all of the, all of them. <laughs> it would be so nice to be able to go to every session, even if it's just to support some of the folks I knew who are running them. Um, so that mm -hmm. was that was definitely really hard. Um I think I, I probably could have been a little bit more intentional about what I wanted to get out of the conference. I kept hearing that from other people, like to really think about what you want out of the conference. But truthfully, I was so nervous that I was just avoiding addressing that topic at all. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll sit down and think about it. I'll sit down and think about it. And then pretty soon it mm -hmm. was like the first day of the conference and I hadn't 
really been intentional about it. Um, I think, Mm -hmm. I think this year I want to do, or like if I, if I apply in the future, I want to do a better job of um, introducing myself to people ahead of the conference, really thinking if there's like a way that I can focus what I attend um, and kind of like the energy that I put out into the conference if I go again. That's cool. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Year one going in, I didn't know like what I wanted to get out of the conference, right? But like I just kind of went in there with like a, a blank like slate in my head. And going in there like that kind of, it, it, it was a different experience. Mm-hmm. Like so that, that first year's experience can't be um, replicated for me because like I didn't know what to expect. And then I got like overwhelmed with like all these great things that like, so I think maybe going in with a blank state, like, like a bank's blank slate in your head is, is kind of cool. And also going in there with like, you know, like I want to network or I want to meet other people who think like this way, or I want to meet people who could work with me on this stuff. Like, I think that's great too, but going in there and like, just kind of taking it all in is like, do a you feel like experience. you've been able to come back yeah. with a focus in, in later years? Yeah. Um, you know, like for me, like I, I, uh, I really am like social mm-hmm. justice based, right? Like, which is why like we do things like the Samoa Network, or you know, like um, there's other groups that have come out of AAC, like the Afghan Diaspora for Equality and Progress, or ADEP. You know, like so, like being able to to like volunteer with those groups, like when they when they're doing things like over the summer, um, and like meeting people like that that want to work with social justice is a big thing for me. So I always go into the conference looking for people who can like further the cause. Um, so like, even though I went in first year, not knowing what to expect every year since I've been trying to like go and find other people who could help me further, like different causes that I'm, I'm trying to do. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been cool. I've met some really dope people and I get to do this now and people get to hear my voice on iTunes and Stitcher, <laughs> which is dope. Um, so Thana, what about for you? Is there a session that you wish you could have gone to or something that you would have done differently now that you have gone? Yeah, I think for me, it would probably be to just really push myself to go to a session with a topic that I'm just completely like unfamiliar with or just, you know, haven't really been like exposed to as much. Like for the Brave Spaces, I went to the mental health session, but there were other sessions about like mm-hmm. AFG, LGBTQ. And I think there was one about like atheists and agnostic people. And like, that's not really something I'm really exposed to. Like, I don't, again, like I, there are not a lot of Afghans here. It's kind of like just the population here is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's something that was pretty new to me that I wish I had been able to um, attend. Okay. That's dope. Yeah. Um, I was actually in the, uh, the, cause I was, I was the room monitor for making space for uh, Afghan agnostics and atheists. So like I wanted to go in years in the past, but I just, there's so many different brave spaces. So being the room monitor for that room and being able to attend was like almost transformative for me in a way. So I, uh, I would recommend it for anyone who like, who goes next year or, you know, goes in the future and if that that space is there I definitely would recommend it um all right so we have two last questions first one I'm gonna ask is uh do you think you'll apply to go next year absolutely I'm yeah I'm really excited and we actually um there were a bunch of 
uh, like reunions that happened across the country today. And it was it was cool because mm-hmm. I got to meet some people who didn't have the opportunity to go this year. And I was like, send me your essays. Like, we'll have a party. <laughs> I'll edit them for <laughs> you. Because um, I definitely still feel like there's something I can get out of it. But I, I just want everyone to be able to mm-hmm. go next year. Oh, okay. and so like you think you're gonna yes, apply next year? Definitely. <laughs> it was like almost over, and I was like, no, it's like I can't wait for the one for next year. Um, no, I will definitely be attending. Um, I think next year, though, I want to have more of a leadership role. Um, Weiss and Nasira were my cohort leads, and they just like they were so welcoming, and I just think they did such a great job that mm-hmm. I was like inspired, and I'm hoping to be able to apply for that position next year. Yeah, Nasir is amazing. I can't say the same about Weiss, but Nasir is, uh, she's, she's one of my He's going to hear this. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I yeah, mean, he lives on this podcast with me. <laughs> no, I love Weiss. I took his phone and then uh, I took a selfie with your guys' yes. group. And then he went, yeah, he posted it on the, uh, the Avian, uh, the, 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 the Avian American Conference participants page. And he's like, in that mixed, missed connections, like, thread that we had. He's like, I know who this is, but. I just wanted to, to share that, like, that this so-called ambassador. <laughs> that was like one of the funniest threads on the entire like page. I was dying reading that. Oh no, the best was um. So when he posted his intro prior to the conference, I think like I I posted a GIF underneath like his his comment, so I replied to it with like a boo GIF, and people thought he and I like didn't like each other, <laughs> right? Little did they know that like, was, like, we're, we're close together, friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, right? So people are like, hey, are you guys serious? Like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, no, dude, this guy's my friend. Like, I'm just yeah. picking on him. We do, we have that kind of relationship. Um, all right. So last question before I go into trivia. I didn't tell you oh, guys we're doing trivia, but we're doing trivia after this. Um, but but last question, was there any, like, like did you guys have, like, a, something that, like, funny happened at the conference? I know for me the most embarrassing moment in my conference, like, experience happened this year. So um, the keynote speaker for Friday night, I believe he did. Yeah, he was Friday night. It's somebody I grew up with. So I grew up with Moshe Levy. Like his cousin and my cousin are married. So I've known him since I was eight years old. And uh, he went on stage and outed me for buying fake true religion <laughs> jeans. And, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was very embarrassing. I had people check my pants for the next two days to make sure my jeans weren't fake. Granted, I was wearing a suit and like, you know, but it was still, uh, still annoying. Um, but if you have a funny story, please share. If not, we could end on my funny story and then, uh, go into trivia. I was just going to talk about the banquet. I just remember this specific moment. So Ali from Afgram was like the host and he all of a sudden, like during, mm-hmm. you know, his whole speech was really funny. And then he kind of like he got serious and he's like, now it's time for Afghanistan's like national anthem. And then he like plays this Bali song and like everyone just rushes the floor. And I was like, this is the most like Afghan moment <laughs> ever. Yeah, it was Habib Oh, Kaudi, it was Habib Kaudi. Kaudi. Oh, you're right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know because I rushed the floor. And started <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And and if you guys had told me, you would you would concur that I'm a good dancer to having <laughs> no, music, but you know there was so I'll many of us it. in there. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna do some quick trivia. Uh, this is something that we do with our guests uh, usually, like at the end of the podcast. Um, there's there's a, I think first place in trivia right now. 
is Kaisman Azim. He got the most answers right. Uh, I don't know how many questions he got right, but all right. So the first question is easy. Oshak or Mansu? Oshak? <laughs> oh, no. We're, okay, we're so diametrically oh, opposed. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> okay. So. so oh, 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 yes. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. All right. Um, Bologna or, or Gandana for, or sorry, Kachalu uh, or Gandana for your Bologna? Gandana. Gandana. What? God, you both lost. <laughs> okay, so it's still it's still one zero. Um, okay, green tea green. or black tea? Yeah. Green. Okay. <laughs> See, there you go. So now it's two to one. All right, uh, we're gonna go a little non-Avian here. Who is the best character in Hermione and the whole series? Has to be Hermione. Dobby. Dobby. <laughs> Fair. Very good. You're both wrong. It's a uh, serious oh, black. Okay. There's okay. too many. There's too many I'm just saying. to choose. It's true, but he, the best is serious. Like you everyone else is secondary, right? Even Harry. Harry yeah, Harry's not true. even top five. <laughs> you know, but yeah. But Dobby and Hermione are in the top five, so I'll give you guys half a point for that. So it's two and a half to one and a half right now. Um, all right. And then I got to think of a final question because I was supposed to do this ahead of time, but I didn't. Um, so last question. It should be a fairly easy one. Ahmad Zoya or Valley? Yeah, I agree. Okay, oh, okay. You both passed. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, had you guys said Valley, I would have yeah. like just. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah we yeah. deserve to be kicked yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, for joining me today. Um, I know it's a it could be a little nerve wracking doing an interview, and hopefully, I put you guys at ease. But thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you guys want to plug? Like, if you guys have any like like a website or an Instagram or anything that you guys want to plug right now is the time. Well, first I want to say thank you so much um, to both of you. This is a lot of fun. Um, I would say if you do want to learn more about like my thoughts and my experiences, you know, I am in the Midwest, but you can follow Chicoma on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and again, okay. yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. Um, if you want to connect with me, I'm Afghan in N E. So like Afghan in Nebraska um, on Instagram and I'm definitely looking to connect with people like even on that post-conference high right now. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Dope. And then you can find me here on the Samoware network or on, uh, the currently nerdy podcast. Uh, so make sure to check out the currently nerdy, but you have to make sure that you're okay with hearing some vulgarity on there. Cause you know, we get, we get a little raunchy. Um, but every, for everyone here, so for Sultana and Alex, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day.